a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. And the problem that God has with that is that he didn't command it or institute it. He, he, he only wants images that he commands and institutes to be made. And when he makes himself, when, when the scripture says that Jesus is the very image of God, then he has made an image of himself for us, Jesus. And if we were to not have pictures of Jesus, then we would be breaking the second commandment. But now all this rests upon this moment and that you must do the right thing in order to reap the benefits of this. If you're going to be forgiven, if you're going to be atoned for, if you're going to get the imputed righteousness of God, you must then do this. And and this is what's so terrible about what we call decision theology is that it, it takes everything away of the gospel and puts it all back on the law. I mean, this is a stop the press sort of thing to see God, you know? Wow! That's amazing! Stop the song! Tell us about that! That's great! Cruel and unusual punishment. This is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? You know, this morning we're recording, and we're going to do this Ask a Ninja Pastor. And yeah. then this afternoon, we're going to record live on YouTube. And I was thinking with ninjas and YouTube, it's kind of weird uh, how that guy Fisk is copying us all the time. I know. I am getting about sick of the week. Can you, have, can you talk to him about that? I'll talk to him about Okay. That. Yes. So, uh, in fact, I think uh, we talked about... Uh, doing Ask a Ninja Pastor in the future with uh, Pastor Fisk. And uh, so he'll uh, he'll be able to listen to this to see how I do it, so he'll be informed of how it's how it's done. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. He'll take you as his example. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, and so after uh, Ask a Ninja Pastor, we're doing some Ten Commandments in the news. And then... I look forward to catechizing you soon. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> okay. <laughs> You get it? Yeah. You only get it if you know about Ask the Ninja. Mm-hmm. But now you can go find Ask a Ninja, and then you'll know how hilarious that was. Yes. And then we're going to be answering your emails to Table Talk Radio, your questions at tabletalkradio.org. So, but first, we need to do some of our theological buzzwords. I thought we were doing uh, Ten Commandments in the News, too. Did you mention that? Yeah. That was right when you said, I'm gonna, I'll be looking forward to catechizing you. Yeah. <laughs> I look forward to catechizing you soon. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> While you were doing that, you were missing the show description. Oh, That's okay. I, mean, you I think I got it all written down here. I got my Politico blog open. That, that's really for the listeners. I mean, you don't really need to know what we're doing. I mean, you never do anyway. <laughs> that's a fine point you make, <laughs> young Pastor Gagline. All right, buzzwords. Uh, my buzzword for you, my theological buzzword is theology. <laughs> Pretty good, huh? Yeah. My buzzword it's for you is cre- buzzword. <laughs> uh, let's see. Theology. Theos, uh, Greek word for God. Logos, a Greek word for word or thing or study. I don't know, actually, that it means study, but that's what we make it mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it so means theology is, basically, theology is reading words about God, and uh, you want to read true words about God, so... Uh, so the, we sometimes we, we distinguish between theology uh, and theology proper. Theology proper would be the explicit teaching about the the who and what and uh, of God, who who God is and, and what He's done. So that would be theology proper. And then, but but we also use theology in an expansive sort of sense to uh, to talk of all of doctrine, the whole body of teaching. Right. 
My theological buzzword for you is ecclesiology. Ecclesia. This is from the Greek word ecclesia, which means um, like assembly or church. And so... Uh, uh, ecclesia, ecclesi- to be called out. To be called out, yes. Um, and so, so the, uh, the ecclesiology is, is talking about the theology of the church. And so in Matthew 28... Um, we have this uh, this verse. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I, um, I command or teach you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. And so, what we have uh, the church in the church to do um, is to uh, make those disciples, and that's done uh, through teaching and uh, and also through baptizing. Um, and 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 there, uh, there in that place where that's going on, uh, Jesus is. Yeah, that's good. I wasn't really paying attention. I think you probably did a bang up job. But I'm busy editing my list of questions for you. Okay, so I'm almost hold, ready. Hold on, let me get my ninja mask on. <laughs> now you can't see this because we're not broadcasting live on YouTube. But I've got my ninja mask on and my nunch- I, uh, my theological nunchucks. Um. I, uh, I, by the way, think we should change the rules to this game. So you should tell the rules why I, I look over just a couple more of these questions here, and then I'm going to change them. <laughs> okay, so how this game works is that uh, each pastor has about five minutes to answer a load of theological questions. And the goal is to get through as many theological questions as possible in five minutes. Five minutes? That's a long time. I'm gonna, like, yeah. Did we do five minutes last time? I don't know. I can remember. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, so. I'm going to plow through every question you've ever had in five 30 minutes. 30 seconds. Then what are we going to do? Yeah, it's like, all right, well, I've completed, I've exhausted your theological inquiry, so... Um, I have 285 here. You're going to have to be going oh, pretty piece, fast. Piece of cake. <laughs> so uh, so I think you, you get a point for each one you answer right. Now, if you if uh, if the ninja chooses to pass, um, then there, there is a uh, extra an extra penalty there for that. So you, you go minus two for passing. So you get one yeah, point now, for getting one right and minus two for passing. Now, this is what I think. That's this is that's how I want to adjust the rule because that's how, why I lost last time. Because <laughs> you passed too much. So I think each ninja pastor should have one free pass. <laughs> one free pass where you're not punished. And then secondly, your second your second pass is then a punishment of one point. Your third pass is a punishment of two points, etc. So the more you pass, the more you get penalized for it or punished. Okay. Fair enough. Because you're going to want to pass some of these, I'm just telling you. Uh, these are not okay. catechism so, questions. So I wasn't really listening. So you get one, and then and then after that you start getting punished two points? Yeah. Okay. That's fine. No, 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 no. After that you get punished on a sliding scale. So the first one, So the second one you pass, you lose one point. The third one you pass, you lose two. Third, you lose. Second, you lose three, etc. Okay, fair enough. Well, we need to get going because we have about five minutes left in this segment. So what? Okay. Uh, let me nit- go to the front of the page. And nit- you, uh, let me start the timer here. Oh, you got a timer? Okay. I got a timer. You better start your timer too, so you know how much time you got. Okay. All right. Ready? Go. What is theology? Uh, theology is the uh, study of God. Uh, Five hundred points. Why are there so many different theologies out there? Uh, there are so many other theologies out there because people um, uh, do not uh, exegete the scriptures and read the script the scriptures um, according to what the objective meanings of the t- words. Done. 
What is postmodernism? Postmodernism uh, is <laughs> is modernism after the <laughs> the age after modernism. <laughs> it's it's a a, a a idea a construct that um, denies objective truth and it deconstructs meanings of words uh, to apply um, uh, its own meaning in a subjective sense. Done. What is the big picture difference between Roman Catholicism and Protestantism? Justification. Uh, <laughs> how one is made right before God. Um, what, I, I, how are you defining Protestantism here? Uh, yeah, that's, you know, Protestantism. Non-Roman Catholicism. Okay, done. <laughs> Where do we go for truth? Uh, to the Holy Scriptures. God has revealed uh, revealed himself to us through his word, and in that word we have um, divine truth. Done. Does God still speak today? Yes, God still speaks today uh, in and through his word. Uh, the Holy Spirit is always working in his word, and uh, and he is speaking to us. And we should look for the Holy Spirit nowhere else, uh, the voice of God nowhere else but Holy Scripture. Done. How accurate are the scriptures? Very. Done. <laughs> what uh, is the doctrine of inspiration? <laughs> the doctrine of inspiration uh, teaches us that um, that the authors of Holy Scripture... Um, or inspired by the Holy Spirit, that uh, the, that the Holy Spirit is the author Himself. Not to say that um, uh, that the 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 Holy Spirit controlled or or manipulated the writers, but uh, that that through through the Holy Spirit, the authors wrote the words uh, by their own um, by their own words, uh, but but wrote the words that God wanted them to write. Done. How did the apostles interpret the Old Testament? Um, the apostles uh, read the prophets of the Old Testament to be um, foretelling the coming of Christ, uh, that that salvation was found in the Messiah to come, um, and this was obtained by faith alone. Done. How is simplicity an attribute of God? <laughs> Pass. <laughs> How is immutability an attribute of God? <laughs> okay, so so that uh, God doesn't change. Uh, so that uh, if if um, if if God would change, then we would have no reliance upon His Word. And the fact that God doesn't change His immutability—that He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow—gives um, us the the reliability to believe the things that God says. Done. What is openness theology? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> it is the pass, I guess. Yeah. Why was Christ born of a virgin? Uh, Jesus was born of a virgin um, so that he would become um, a true man. And in becoming true man, um, he did not uh, bear then the sins of the fathers. Uh, so that Jesus, uh, being true God and also true man, is a uh, man without sin. Done. What is theological anthropology? Theological anthropology addresses man's uh, state uh, before God, uh, so that man is is born into sin, is rendered entirely helpless before God, and is actually born an enemy of God. And uh, this is what we refer to when we speak of theological anthropology. Done. What is Gnostic dualism? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Gnostic dualism. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I'm going to take a crack at this. Uh, 
Gnosticism is the uh, a denial of of the physical of of the things that that are seen and the exaltation of the of the spiritual and um, uh, proposes secret knowledge. <laughs> and uh, you got twenty seconds. Uh, I have twenty five seconds. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so it, deni- it, it denies uh, and exalts the, the spiritual. So, the only things that are unseen uh, are are what matter. Done. What does it mean that we are in the image of God? Uh, th- that we are um, <laughs> that we are made in His image. <laughs> All right, we got to go to a break. We'll, we'll debrief this when we get back. You listen to Table Talk. easily embarrassed tell your friends about table talk radio it's time for the now eighth annual our lutheran faith lay theological conference this year's topic i believe in the holy spirit the third person of the trinity by pastor daniel burhop of university lutheran chapel in boulder colorado this all takes place in greeley colorado at trinity lutheran church on saturday february the 9th beginning at 9 a.m if you're in the Colorado area and like to go to the Our Lutheran Faith Lay Theological Conference on February 9th, visit the link on our website, tabletalkradio.org, for RSVP information. Again, the Our Lutheran Faith Lay Theological Conference is on February the 9th at Trinity Lutheran Church in Greeley, Colorado. Everybody was Welcome back to Table Talk Radio, playing Ask a Ninja Pastor. All right, Pastor. I what I is forgot to count up during the break your points. Gnostic dualism. I described uh, Gnosticism. Gnosticism. Yeah, Gnostic dualism is kind of a funny question because Gnosticism is dualistic. So it pro- the question is probably asking, what's the dualism part of Gnosticism? Mm-hmm. And that is this division. Then the Gnostics divide the spirit and body, the you know the soul and matter. Uh, they see the the entire cosmos in kind of a polarity, so that there's uh, the spiritual which is good and there's the physical which is bad. So, you know, everyone's a Gnostic, uh, so we all have this tendency. But all the pagan religions has had this idea. So your spirit is is the good part of you that wants to naturally ascend into heaven. So that's what your I said. Your body's the bad part of you. That's what I said. Yeah. Okay. That's why I gave you half credit. Half I credit? F- I would have given you full credit if you were just more sure of yourself. <laughs> okay. What were the other ones that I passed One, two, on? Oh, the three, the um, four, five, openness six, theology. Seven, Is that like eight, open deism? Nine. Yep. Ten. Okay. Nine, and then um, the other one. Simplicity and attribute of God. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure how to answer that question either. I thought that would be a good one for you to pass on. That's convenient. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought I was hoping you would answer it for me. What is openness theology? Is it says that God does not see the future in an absolute way, but He sees all the possibilities of future actions, but uh, He does not determine them or get involved in them, or so He so the Lord doesn't know how things would will end up. He's open to the future. So 
this openness theology. I think that you could find this in the ancient world, but it's kind of come back uh, with a vengeance now. Um, well, 15 years ago, it came back with a vengeance. I'm not sure if anyone's paying attention anymore. <laughs> so what was my final score? 13. Nice. That's not a bad showing. 13. Let's see. What is theology? So one, two, three. I'm going to recount. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, you passed twice. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. No, 13. And two passes. One pass you get for free. One pass you get deducted one point. So 12. That's a solid showing right there, folks. It is. Okay. So... Um, here, here's, I gotta stretch my ninja brain. Whole, here's my problem. Here. I've got I've got a nice little question bank here of about 120 questions or so. The problem is this is the same same question bank I used last time we played this, and I can't remember which questions I asked you before. So this could Hopefully be. You don't give me the same one, and I don't know answer this, it differently. <laughs> what am I saying? You can't even remember who we've had on the show before. So <laughs> I think we're fine. That hurts. That cuts deep. Okay, I'm wounded I'll, over here. You're trying, to, you're trying to throw me off. Here, look, I'm trying to get psyched up. I'm trying to get uh, stretching my collar here. Uh, All right, I'm going to give psych me up. Give you the hint before we start that uh, these questions are on the topic of the formula of Concord. All right, this is <laughs> this is Evan, by the way, everyone. <laughs> what? Young Pastor Gagline. <laughs> Wait a minute, where'd you get uh, your questions? Out, <laughs> pulls out his uh, his study guide for his most difficult. <laughs> The seminary class he ever had. Oh, that's not true. That's the <laughs> second most difficult. <laughs> <laughs> All, All right. right. Ready? I'm going to yep. start the timer here. Oh, yeah. Let me start the timer yet. Hold on. Don't start yet. Oh, my goodness. Ask your questions fast, too, by the way. <laughs> no taking my time. What? <laughs> R? <laughs> okay. I'm going to come. I'm going to ninja through the microphone and give you a chop to the neck. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yeah, here we go. Oh, hold on. Oh my goodness, oh. what's going on over there? Let me see who's calling here. Let's yeah. just check on the telephone. Sorry, I, I forgot to tell you to shut the phones off again. You should have sent me an email. <laughs> as afraid How can of, I remember this? There's so much to do. I was afraid there'd be a ding on your phone. You got an email. Shut off your phone. <laughs> Bing. New email. You have mail. Email from Evan Gigliine. <laughs> okay, now right, I'm focused and ready. All right, ready. Here we go. Formula of Concord, uh, Article 1, what is meant by substance and accident? Uh, the substance is a thing that is essential uh, to a uh, thing, and accident is that which is accidental to the essence. So this gets into the Catholic uh, doctrine of transubstantiation, where the substance stay, uh, changes uh, to the body and blood of Christ, but the accidents remain that of bread and wine, etc. Done. How, does, how do these terms apply to original sin? Uh, oh, that's a tricky question. Uh, how does it, let's see, the, hmm, the, I, I think, I think it's this, this might be a wrong answer though, but the substance of man, as we've lost the image of God, uh, does not become sin, but it is so corrupted with sin that all we are and all we manifest in, uh, is as sinfulness. But the essence of man is not sin. The substance of man is not sin. Okay. Name two passages of Scripture that are quoted in the form of Concord to talk about original sin. Uh, I think First uh, Corinthians two fourteen always gets in there. The natural man does not understand the things of God, uh, and also you have the Psalm fifty one. Uh, in sin, I was uh, my mother conceived me. It helps when you say done. Done. 
Give the reasons why the formula conqueror says that one cannot say that original sin is the substance of man. Uh, because for three reasons, because God created man, but he didn't create sin because Jesus uh, assumed humanity, but he did not assume sin. And because man will still be essentially man in the resurrection, even though he won't be sin. Done. What is the image of God and how does it relate to original sin? Yeah, so that we fear, we perfectly fear love and trust in God above all things. That's uh, the original image of God. And that image is lost so that as sinner, we do not fear love and trust in God. Done. How is man converted? Uh, by the Holy Spirit working through the Word. Done. What are the Epicureans and how are they addressed in this article? Uh, article 2. Oh, the, what is the Epicureans said? Let's eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we will die. This is the form of uh, philosophy that Paul encounters in Athens. They were kind of uh, agnostic. Um, uh, I don't know how the article addresses it, though. Original sin, the image of man. Uh, Epicureans uh, assume an inviolable freedom of man, which we deny. Done. What is meant by a freedom to go to the means of grace and how far that pertains to salvation? Yeah, because we have a freedom of the things that are outside of us, like where to go in the morning and what color socks to put on, etc. So we can put ourselves in the place where the means of grace are, but we cannot, uh, we do not make the means that God has effective. Done. According to Article 3, how is justification de defined? Um, uh I don't remember, but something it's <laughs> got to be something like that Jesus imputes his righteousness on us. But you know what Article 3 simply says? It says this, justification is the forgiveness of sins. Done. Good. Uh, what is <laughs> imputation? No comment, please. Ask questions. <laughs> what is imputation? Uh, that means to uh, give to our account something which does not essentially belong to us. So our sin, which belongs to us, is not imputed to us. It's not given to our account. And the righteousness of Christ... Uh, is is which is not essentially ours. It's an alien righteousness. Is given to our account. Done. What is or what was Osiander's doctrine of justification? Osiander believed that by the indwelling of Christ, that the divine nature in Christ is our righteousness. So that his righteousness compared to our sin is like the ocean compared to a raindrop. So, uh, so that Christ in us. Uh, uh, steals away all of our sin or covers all of our sin, which is a, is a kind of goofy form of early justification turned mystic. Done. Why does the formula of Concord object to his doctrine? Because it's wrong. Done. What are exclusive particles? Sola and things like this. So, uh, so this is the big fight about... Um, are we saved by grace or by grace alone? Are we saved by faith or faith alone? And this was a big argument because, you know, Luther says, you got to put the alone in there to make this Greek make sense in German. And the Catholic Church had this big hubbub. Hey, the word sola isn't in there. Uh, so the big thing about the... Uh, there was always a big fight about these exclusive participles. But we see that it's the exclusive participles which are the trouble, and they give us the clarity uh, of the gospel. It's not by works, it's by faith. Done. Discuss the meaning of necessary and free in relation to good works. Ah, uh, yes. Well, good works, uh, the, the controversy here was, are good works necessary and to what degree? And we say they're necessary, but they're not necessary for salvation. They're, in, they're a necessary result of the Lord's work uh, uh, of his word, so that good works are always done freely by the Christian, not coercively. All right, that's well done. All right, see you. <laughs> One, this is a good game. Two, How come we don't play this game three, more often? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 
Hold on, let me let me double check this count. Oh yeah, thirteen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, <laughs> twelve, thirteen. Okay, so this is exciting. This is like going into double overtime in the playoffs. Yes. Um, that whether you win or not, whether you win or tie, depends upon whether Article One quotes First Corinthians two and Psalm fifty-one. So what we're gonna do. <laughs> Is uh, go to a commercial break, oh, and uh, no. we're gonna we're gonna fact check that answer, and and Pastor Wolfmuller's destiny hangs in the balance. You're listening to the most exciting table talk radio show ever. And we'll be right back play, <laughs> playing ticket maps in the news. Don't go away. Table Talk Radio. Not even our listeners can cancel us. And we're back on Table wounded. Talk Radio. Okay, back so wounded, limping fourth, back on fourth air. down. <laughs> 30 to go. <laughs> Hail Mary. And what what what'd you come up with, Pastor? Yeah, well, so Psalm 51 is there uh, in the notes especially because it's an extended quote from Luther's um, explanation of Psalm 51. But 1 Corinthians 2 does not show up in the formula of Concord Article 1. It does show up two or three times in the introduction and about five or six times at the beginning of Article 2. But it is not in Article 1. Uh, oh, sorry, Pastor Wolf Miller. <laughs> oh, it's devastating. <laughs> oh, devastating. I needed a cushion. I needed. Well, I needed. I needed to be able to kick the field goal earlier in the game to give myself a little bit of cushion. Oh man! Oh, All right, so it's time for some Ten Commandments in the news. You have a oh, story yeah, there? Right. Sure, I got loads of stories. Okay, you'll like this one. Uh, how President Obama's inaugural app mines data for Democrats. Ugh, you've got to be kidding me. And this is why you can probably hear that, can't you? I can't hear that. Hey, Sorry. you got a news story, too? You don't like mine? No, I was. you're fine. I was just uh, pulling some. I hate these uh, I hate these news reports that you always have to have ads on, you know? Yeah. So, anyway. Looking for a public toilet using the new inauguration smartphone app? That might just land you in a left-leaning email list for solicit- <laughs> uh, or let you be solicited in coming years to be a Democratic campaign donor. And yet Thousands you wonder. Have downloaded the free program since its release Monday sometime by the official presidential inaugural committee, but few are likely to notice the terms of service and privacy statements, the fine print. Give the committee permission to share their data with candidates, organizations, groups, or causes that we believe have similar political viewpoints, principles, or objectives. And you wonder why I'm hesitant to put my own name on our Table Talk Radio Google Plus account. I, I wonder why you're not hesitant to put my name on there. <laughs> well, you seem to be pretty okay with uh, you know giving your information to everyone who wants it. So yeah, well, that's that just people say. Like, hey, people will know what you're doing. Well, that's the point. <laughs> that's what. You know, that's what the that's what this whole thing about marketing actually is. Oh, brother! Well, I mean, I don't right. want people to know what what uh, I'm doing. 
Well, I yeah, guess and it yet I'm, on what you're I'm, doing. Yeah, I'm persecuted for not wanting Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Every four years, the presidential inaugural committee is formed based on the principles of the incoming president and is responsible for putting on official inauguration events for all Americans to celebrate the election of a president, she said late Tuesday in an e- emailed statement. Regardless of party, it is appropriate for a president's inaugural committee to support and reflect their party's ideals and causes. In bipartisan cooperation and to honor their service to the country, the PIC, that must mean Presidential Inauguration Committee, has traditionally asked former presidents to serve as honorary co-chairs on the inaugural committee. All right, you done? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I was just I was just thinking which commandments is this. So this would be definitely a seventh commandment issue. Seventh commandment: You shall not steal. Yes. So stealing. Work it through steal, for us. Stealing identity. Yeah. Um. So I mean, so you have this disclosure, but it's you know kind of a fine print. Nobody knows about it, kind of a thing. Uh, first commandment issue is a is a automatic, so that's nice. Um. Dealing with government, we're always dealing with fourth commandment. Yep. Um, the government is coveting our information. <laughs> yep. Would that, would that be ninth or tenth commandment? I guess ninth commandment, huh? To covet someone's name. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, one of those. I think that's all I got, though. Eighth commandment? Did you say eighth commandment? Name? I didn't say that. Why don't you talk it through for us? Eighth, eighth commandment. So you shall not misuse the name. Wait a minute. That's the second commandment. <laughs> I was like, huh. They renumbered him in Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working from the top down. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So the eighth commandment is given to protect your neighbor's name and reputation, etc. So oh, is, yeah. instead of protecting reputation and the person's name, this is actually taking it. Nice. So yeah, that's, that's good. Eighth commandment will work its way in there, I think. Yeah. Very good. All right. Da, 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 I think da. that's it. I think so. Man, these ads are ne- just going all over the place. I, they can't hear it, by the way, so don't you worry, no, no, Pastor no, Wolf. No, 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 no. They can't hear the farmer's app in the background? No, no. It's subliminal? Are you putting <laughs> subliminal messages in there? <laughs> just to you. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got, I've got another uh, thing. So demanding. You don't have another one. You haven't had a first one. Okay, I have a first one. Oh, hey, look. If I click on print, it goes away. All right, here we go. This is Obama to unveil gun control plan in the wake of oh, school oh, massacre. Nice. Obama. Uh, this is from Washington. President Barack Obama will propose a new assault weapons ban and stricter background checks for gun buyers on Wednesday in a sweeping package of proposals to curb gun violence after the killing of 20 children and six adults in the Connecticut school last month. Obama's agenda shaping up as the most ambiguous gun control push in decades will include executive and legislative action with the latter sure to face an uphill battle in Congress where appetite for reinstating an assault weapon ban is low. Uh, Obama and Vice President Joe Biden will lead a task force that uh, make recommendations on the issue, uh, will present the measures at the White House event attended by children from around the country who wrote letters to the president about gun violence and school safety. So they're going to be... Oh, brother. <laughs> That's like mysticism. <laughs> So that's that's the uh, that's the put. I'll read one more line here, then I'll let you let you respond. The NRA, which says it has about four million members, took aim at Obama in a stinging TV ad, accusing him of being quote just another elitist hypocrite, uh, end quote. 
for accepting Secret Service protection for his two daughters, but but turning down the <laughs> lobby's group's proposal to put gun uh, guards in all schools. Now that is something. Zing! I haven't seen that ad, have you? No, but it's a, I mean, that's really, hey, I think we should unarm the Secret Service. Disarm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it seems, uh, it seems, it does seem a little hypocritical, doesn't it? it? Well, now look, so, okay, let's work through some commandments here, see how this thing shakes out, because, I mean, I was thinking to myself, we have the Second Amendment, you know, which, which, um, it preserves the, the government's right to, uh, I mean, preserves the citizens' right to bear arms in, to, to, I mean, to protect ourselves from the government. I mean, it's not, it's not about hunting and sports and all this sort of stuff. I mean, the Second Amendment is about, is about protection from unruly governments. And is that, is does that line up with a commandment? This is very interesting to kind of think it through. And I, I haven't gotten to the end of thinking it through. Uh, but the, this all revolves around the most important commandment for the fourth commandment folks to pay attention to, which is the fifth commandment. Okay, so let's, let me say that wow. clearly. <laughs> the fourth commandment establishes government. The fifth commandment protects the Lord's gift of life. So that uh, the fourth commandment is to be especially, especially, especially uh, um, kind of working to protect fifth commandment gifts. So... Um, uh, uh, th- this means that the government protects protects life. Now, uh, in one way, the government actually has the authority to end life, like with by waging war and by uh, executing capital punishment. But that is only to be exercised to preserve more life. Uh, Luther uses the example of the person that gets gangrene. You know this gangrene thing? Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you get gangrene, then you die. I mean... Your, your finger gets it, and then it just spreads to your whole body, and then you're dead. So the only thing to do is to cut off the finger. So you cut off the finger for the sake of the rest of the body, and this is how war is understood, and this is how uh, uh, capital punishment is understood, is you're cutting off a small uh, portion of evil to preserve the, the life of the whole thing. And that's and this is where guns come in, because guns um, can be used either, uh, well, f- firstly, to pr- protect... Uh, the greater life. I mean, the greater the the, the um, uh, can be used to protect property, uh, used to protect our families, and be used to protect our own life. They can also be used on the other side, which is what we see, to end life. Uh, so it is the um, so there is a righteous and just wielding of weapons, and then there is a, a unrighteous, murderous wielding of weapons as well. Um, so the logic goes. From uh, from those who would kind of um, enact more and more gun control, the logic goes: the more tightly we uh, uh, we restrict the legal use of guns, then the less gun violence we, there will be. The opposite argument says: no, that's not true. The more uh, the more you restrict legal gun use, then the more the balance tips towards illegal gun use, because the people who are going to commit murder don't care if they have a license or not. Right. It's a bit so, like... So, I don't know, Fifth Commandment, Fourth Commandment, Third Commandment, Eighth Commandment. It's a bit like, um, you know, because uh, I, I was in Kansas. Well, I guess I don't really know the, the, the timeline of the legal system, but some some um, provision was, was opened up in Kansas when I was there. It, it was a conceal and carry kind of a thing. So people it made more access for people to conceal and carry. And about that time, all these businesses were 
were putting signs on their doors saying, no guns allowed in this place. And I always thought that was maybe the dumbest thing a business could do. Because the person who's going in to rob the joint isn't going to say, oh, there's a sign. Never mind. I guess I won't bring my gun in here. Um, but that person who goes in there knows that no one in there, no law-abiding citizen in there, has a gun. So I think that'd be a bad idea if I was a store owner. But um, that's all the time we have for this segment, and we'll come back and we'll be trying to answer your email. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't go away. Table Talk Radio. <laughs> no, that's just silly. I am not dead yet. I can dance and I can sing. I am not dead yet. I can do the Highland Fink. I am not dead yet. No need to go to bed. No need to call the doctor because I'm not yet dead. He is not yet dead. Welcome back to the final segment of Table Talk Radio. Good news, Pastor Wolf, Wolf Miller. We're almost there. Almost there. <laughs> I can see the finish line. <laughs> To drag myself across. If you have questions or comments for our show, send it to questions at tabletalkradio.org, or you can always give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652 is the number. And uh, we got a couple emails from Joshua for on show 230. Um, this was when we played that brand new nameless game where we uh, had a uh, biblical argument and a secular argument. Remember that? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sort uh, of. So Joshua sends an email, and he sends us two. I'm, I'm going to do, address the, the second one first in this show, then we'll, we'll get the other one on marriage, uh, uh, probably in a, a show uh, here in, in a little bit. But uh, first, Joshua says, uh, euthanasia. So, uh, Pastor Gigline stated that uh, it is simply a fifth commandment issue that only God can take life. That is not true. The executioner, hey, you were kind of just talking about this. The executioner yeah, takes a life. The soldier takes a life. The police officer takes a life. And we say that it is okay because God has put these people in a position for his will. Could it not also be said of a doctor? That is, um, not only is he there to save lives, but he is there also to end them when it is prudent to do so. I think of the Western movies as an example where a man is gunshot and his death is inevitable, and he is sure to have a long uh, day of, of painful, uh, uh, sorry, a long and painful death. And as an act of mercy, someone finishes him off to save him from the suffering. Are you telling me that that would be wrong to do so? I understand Pastor Wolfmuller's argument about the quality of life and how it is subjective. And I agree if it is subjective. Uh, I, and I agree if it is subjective. But it becomes objective, as in this person is dead and we are keeping his body alive with machines, then the choice is sad, but it should be a simple one. Oh, and by the way, still wanting more Bible verses to back up your position. Uh, perhaps I am listening to Fighting for the Faith too much. Well, first of all, yes, you are listening to Fighting <laughs> the Faith too much. Too much. That's <laughs> I mean, too much. if you've listened to one episode of uh, Fighting for the Faith, uh, I mean, so what's what's the ratio of uh, Fighting for the? It's like it's like four to one. You know, four uh, four Table Talk Radio episodes equal one Fighting for the Faith uh, episode. Yeah, and just think about this. Look, you eat three meals a day. You don't just sit down and eat one huge meal every day. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Nice. Okay, let's let's take this at a time. Let's let's take the uh, the <clears throat> first the, the first thing first. So there's an executioner, a police officer, and a soldier. 
Right. And um, and I think then this is consistent to say uh, with what I said. I don't think this is a contradiction to say that only God can take life because the executioner, as as, as uh, Joshua said in the email, the executioner is acting as an agent for God. So yes, true, except except for this. So when the Lord is using um, uh, men to to do His work. There is a chance, a pretty good chance, that the men can make mistakes. Of course. So, so the executioner and the judge, which sends the executioner to do the work, the soldier and the general, which sends the soldier to do the work, can make mistakes. And they could, even though they have the authority to uh, to execute or kill, um, they they can use that authority wrongly. Right. Um, but, so but, there but still so could be sin involved. We're, 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 yeah, absolutely. So when I say that only God can take life, I, I meant that only God can take life rightly. Right. Uh, so if people are exercising, um, I mean, I'm not saying that it's outside of possibility for someone other than God to take life. I mean, obviously, in sin, that's that's definitely a possibility. I'm saying right. Right. That, that we should allow only that, that God would take life when he wills, and he may will through the agents like an executioner or police officer. Yep. Um, now, yeah, that's right. now, to the doctor question, though, um, could it also be said of a doctor that not only is he there to save life, but also to end them when it's prudent to do so? And I was thinking about this, and I can't think of any situation in which it would be prudent for a doctor to end a life. Right. See, even, I mean, for the soldier, for the executioner, for in times of war, etc., it's not, even though it can be right, it's never good. I mean, it's never good that someone has to be killed. It's never good that there's capital punishment. That's never a good thing. It's just to prevent a greater evil. So you do one evil to prevent a greater evil. So uh, the gangrene picture comes in, and you cut off the finger or cut off the tip of the nose to save the rest of the body. Now, w- if there was a situation where to, um, to – if a doctor were to kill a particular per- – and, oh, and we should also say then that the people who are being killed are guilty for, of capital crimes, and so it's been determined that their life would be a danger to other people. Now, if it could somehow be determined – that uh, a person's life would be a great would be a them staying alive would be greater danger to everyone else medically, then you could see the situation where the, where that person would then be executed. But it wouldn't be by the doctor. It would be by a judge and by an executioner. The doctor has the creed, in fact, has the vocation to never do harm, to never take life. Um, now. Maybe we could imagine some sort of emergency situation where someone, uh, you know, has, con- has contracted some sort of goofy hybrid plague from the Congo or, or something, <laughs> like one of these movies, you know, the outbreak movies or something like this, and that they stay alive means that they kill the whole world or something like this. Now, since since you like movies that have the title, so would the title of that movie be Congo disease that sweeps uh, the nation or something like that? That's too subtle for me. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. <laughs> but even then, you do, it's not a matter of killing, but a matter of kind of locking in a, you know, in seclusion. So mm-hmm. so I, I can't either. I cannot imagine any place where, uh, where the death of a person for some sort of medical reason would bring a benefit for the rest of society. I, yeah, I just so, cannot. So to address his, I think, Western movie example, I, I think that I can say it's wrong for a person uh, to, to give kind of a mercy shot. In fact, that's what euthanasia is sometimes defined as, right? Mercy killing. So, so that when we're talking about euthanasia, we're talking about the person who gets terminal cancer, and they know that they're going to be uh, suffering through this cancer terribly. So they say, well, let's just... 
let's just euthanize. Let's just mercy kill. So they don't have to go right. undergo the suffering. And that's the same situation of the Western. And so, yeah, I would say it's wrong for that for a cowboy to come come along and give him a, kind of an act of mercy. Yeah, that's right. I, I tell you, the worst thing I've ever seen. Have I ever told you about this? I, I was there when we had to put down a horse in the outback in Australia. Did I ever tell you that? Mm-hmm. No. This horse, uh, two horses were fighting one night, and one we were way out in the sticks. I mean, way out there in the sticks. And one horse kicked another horse and broke its leg. And um, and so here's this horse with a broken leg. And the, the only thing you do is you you got to put it down. It was it was horrendous. Uh, you know, you put a bullet in its head, uh, and you bury it. And mm-hmm. uh, and to be there for that um, was a frightful sort of thing. But this is a, that's a this is a horse. And not, uh, a human and not life. a person. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It's. It's horrifying even to do this with an with an animal, but much less a human being. This is mm-hmm. complete violation of the fifth commandment. And and you know, we should say that um, you know as as hard and tragic as it is for someone to get something like cancer, um, this is the cross the Lord has given us to bear, and uh, it's not up to us to to you know take our own cross away from us. Uh, to, to, to take the cross away from ourselves or someone else. Now, this I think is entirely different than the person who is on a, a machine keeping them alive. Um, and I think I think the distinguishing factor here is the cause of death. So, so, um, so in the Western example, obviously it's not the original gunshot wound that causes the death; it's the it's the mercy shot. Um, or in the case of of euthanasia, it's not the the cancer that that actually causes the death. It's the injection of of whatever lethal, you know, lethal agent, um, and that's the cause of death. So that we would want the the cause of death to be the original the original thing. But that isn't to say that we can't, uh, you know, make a, a a person comfortable through use of medications in the, in that time. But but to take someone off of a uh, a breathing machine um, is not inserting or causing a death, um, but it is it is allowing that death to take place. Yep, that's right. So we so the question that always governs our thinking on this is, um, are we prolonging life or are we prolonging death? And the Lord's commandment, the fifth commandment, sets us there and sets not just the Christian but everybody in the in the world to, that we want to fight and do what we can to pro- prolong life, but we we are don't have a moral obligation to prolong death. Now that seems pretty clear, just sitting here on the radio talking about it. In in actual cases, it gets it's really tough. Tough. Yeah. yeah. But those are the, that's the that's the way that we're governed to, that we serve life and not death. Mm-hmm. Okay, now uh, to appease Joshua, Bible verses to to back up our position. Yeah, uh, you got some. <laughs> I was ready for you. I'll, I'll take yours first, and then, and then I'll... <laughs> <laughs> this is a ninja pastor sort of thing. I mean, I really think in these ethical things, the most the 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 best place where we are would be. Um, would be the fifth commandment: "You shall not kill." And then, um, and then maybe you know, there's. Let me hold on a minute. I'm reaching for my Bible over here. <laughs> there's this text which I didn't look up. I thought you were doing this. Oh, sorry. This text in Exodus. Time. Yeah, I'm. I'm blaming it on you. Okay. I'll. Use this lumpy here. To... Yeah, lumpy. Hey, lumpy. We should have Lumpy on the Re- YouTube reaches show. Reaches Bible. There's this verse. This is really, uh, and I think it's right after the uh, Ten Commandments um, in Exodus. So I'm looking here, and it and it says something like this: If a man kills another man, he should be put to death. Now, so you have the command: you shall not murder. 
But then what do you do with the murderer? You murder him. So is the murdering of the murderer a murder? <laughs> well, no, it's in fact commanded. You see how that you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that um, so that the Lord itself sets this thing up that the government has the authority now to um, uh, the government has the authority to take life for the sake of the fifth commandment. It's really quite so. Yeah, he who strikes a man so that he dies shall surely be put to death. That little riddle uh, is what we're working on in this whole whole conversation. All right, that's it for these ninja pastors. Thanks for listening to Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like all the information that President Obama collected from Evan. <laughs> You've been listening to Table show, Talk Radio. Right? The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll-free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's 1-800-385-SOLA. Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.